the podcaster community is suffering. But does a Sunday time slot matter to the rest of the world? The rumors were true. Doctor Who returns on October 7th, and the announcement came with a new teaser video that Chip and I are going to make various high-pitched noises about. It's an episode full of news and prognostication as we gear up for the increasingly real debut of Series 11. Coming up on This Week in Time Travel. Hi, I'm Chip Sutterth. And I'm Alyssa Frankie. And Alyssa, I would like to suggest that we throw everybody a curveball because surprises are wonderful. And I want to spend this podcast talking about the second season of The Expanse. I just finished watching it. It's watching Chip, it. It's back on track. I'll be good. So the rumors were, in fact, true. We found out last week. Sunday, October 7th, is our go date for Series 11 to finally get off the ground. Our friends at Radio Free Scarrow were very adamant that that was what they were expecting to happen. So whoever Stephen's well-placed source is, I would like a well-placed source, please. But anyway, Sunday, October 7th. It's really happening, and we really do have a new air date of Sundays. We are going to consistently be getting new episodes then, which has caused a fair amount of conversation. Yeah, and the conversation, controversy, argument, pedantry, call it whatever you will, seems to be about does it really matter what day of the week Doctor Who airs on in this age of time shifting and on demand and people just downloading episodes through whatever means they have rather than on a TV network in the UK or the US. And the answer to that, from my opinion, is yes, absolutely. You still have a large community of people who are casual viewers who are coming into this via television, via sling. And Sunday night is prestige television night. This is when HBO has all of its top tier shows out. Unlike Saturday nights, uh, which are very popular nights to not be in your home, Sunday night is much more traditionally a night that you are at home. So you're going to most likely get a much larger audience there. And this is supposed to be a relaunch of the show, a reintroduction to the show. So you want to make it as easy as possible for the new viewer to be able to come in and watch it. For the super fans, it's appointment television, or it's time-shifting technology, or it is less than legal methods, which don't do it. We need really good ratings for this series. So be on your best behavior, everybody. But if you're not that type of viewer, Sunday night is an ideal night for you to be able to make some amount of effort to be able to watch the new series, but not have to go to incredible lengths to see it. Yeah. Doctor Who is for every viewer, not just the people who are actively seeking it out. There are still millions and millions of people on this spinning rock in space that flip on the television and watch what's on. 
Exactly. I think the only thing that I've seen really complaining about it is people like you and me, Chip, uh, who are professional enough to have blogs and podcasts that need to go out on a regular schedule, but not quite at the level in which the BBC will send us a press screener a day or two early so we could have our content ready to launch on Sunday night. So Sunday night makes it difficult because then we have to watch the episode and in a scant few hours, come up with our response and have it posted uh, because so some of us have day jobs some of us have day jobs and some of us are not able to get the bbc to reply to our emails requesting a press screener <laughs> so for those of us who are doing this sort of semi-pro level it's a little bit difficult for us to keep pushing out our content so bear with us loyal listeners as we do our best to watch the episode and get our podcast out in a timely manner yeah all our sympathies to our friends over at variety podcast who are six women at very very different places in the globe time zones plus sunday is really really tough with them for the rest of viewers i think that this is actually a good move uh the UK seemed to be a holdout for still enjoying appointment television on Saturday nights compared to the US, but that does seem to have been shifting, and they had all kinds of scheduling conflicts with other shows like Strictly and things like that in the fall on Saturday nights. So I feel good about this. We do know that BBC America and the BBC will be simulcasting the first episode. So that will be at some point in the afternoon of Sunday, October 7th in the U.S. Time to be determined. I still wish it made sense to simulcast every episode from now until whenever, but it is a business. Absolutely. So the news sort of leaked because people like iTunes were putting up their, you know, placeholders for purchasing the entire next season. And they listed a premiere date of October 7th, at which time the BBC put down the hammer hard. The date was out there for a few days uh, without official confirmation. But the BBC did earlier this week release the video, which looks like it was supposed to be the official first time announcement video before iTunes and others uh, sort of jumped the gun on it. But oh my God, this teaser video was basically one of the best teaser videos I've seen for a new Doctor Who season. You have seen this video. I am sure you have seen this video. If you're listening to this podcast, you have seen this video. But I want to paint a picture for you. Here is Chip in his day job office. He is feeling very harried. He is very busy. He takes a break to look at Facebook on his phone. He sees that there is the new video. He watches it with the sound off, paying half attention to it. So Chip does not get the glaringly obvious metaphor of this video that this is the doctor breaking the glass ceiling. He doesn't pick up on this. Neither does Chip pick up on, because he had the sound turned off, that this video is set to a hip-hop song by Macklemore and Skylar Gray. And this is where the high-pitched noises come on, because this is hip-hop being used to promote Doctor Who. And that is groundbreaking. 
Meanwhile, Alyssa, in her day job, in which she is professionally required to be on Twitter all day with her headphones on, watches it without compunction, screams at her day job because it's a feminist day job, and she immediately gets the glass ceiling reference. So there was a lot of very loud, high-pitched noises coming from my desk in the middle of the day. As someone astutely pointed out on Twitter, uh... Would not have expected the Doctor Who promo to use the exact same song that was used in the Crazy Rich Asians trailer. So, like, that's the the level of hype that the BBC is going for right here. Uh, those rights can't have been cheap to use that song in that promo. So, like, no. BBC Amer- BBC is throwing everything that it can at this. But, oh, it was so, so good. I have a seeking suspicion that John Smith, the YouTube artist who has used some wonderful special effects to create fake trailers for Doctor Who in the past, had a hand in this one. Hmm. I know he's done some official work for them, and this seemed very much like his style. It was very well done, very well put together, and Jody's little whoops at the end, as she has just shattered the glass ceiling, was absolutely glorious. I know, I know. It's one of the paradoxes. And Alyssa, you think about this more naturally and more constantly and thoughtfully than I ever will. So correct me if I'm wrong. But it's a catch-22 for groundbreaking women that it is simultaneously no big deal that the doctor is a woman because, as Jodie Whittaker herself put it, women are not a genre. And yet mm-hmm. it is a very big deal because a woman has never been allowed to be the doctor before. I think Jodie has herself spoken most eloquently about this. And we're going to get into the Times and the Marie Claire interview a little bit later in the podcast. But just to briefly touch on this. She's having to walk a very fine line between validating how groundbreaking this is while also not tokenizing her role in this show. Because we do need to acknowledge and talk about the fact that this is groundbreaking. This is an enormous step forward. This is wonderful for representation as presenting a new version of the character that both young boys and young girls can look up to and aspire to be more like. So we need to talk about that and we need to laud the fact that this is a wonderful new thing that the BBC has done for Doctor who. But we also need to take a step back and make sure that we are not tokenizing her in it, that we are not saying, well, this is the woman version of the show, or she's only the woman doctor. You know, she's been asked in interviews, things like, are you going to play the role as a woman? And she's talked in the past about how when men get interviewed about characters, they get asked deep questions about the characters. But when women get asked about characters, like when she was asked about her role as uh, Beth Latimer in Broadchurch, she gets told, well, what's it like being this mother on television? So we need to let her really inhabit the role and not tokenize her and not talk about how, you know, she's only doing a woman version of something or this is only going to appeal to women. And she's done an excellent job of walking that incredibly difficult line in her interviews of acknowledging how important this is, how groundbreaking it is, but also reminding everybody to not brush aside her work as an actor and the fact that she is the doctor, not the woman doctor, not 
a throwaway kind of doctor, the doctor. And let's ask her deep questions about what her doctor will be like, not just, well, what's a woman doctor going to be like? Right. This is, I think, the first promotional video that the BBC has done that has made that point that this is something to be celebrated. This is breaking the glass ceiling, that this is big. But the previous trailer, the full series trailer, it didn't do that. I think the BBC is walking that careful line themselves. But this Mm -hmm. is something to be celebrated. And uh, the BBC is not apologizing for it one bit, at least not in this video. And never read the comments, but the YouTube comments for this promotional video were full of scorn for the hip-hop music. And that just makes me roll my eyes that, again, this is for everybody. This is for every generation. Doctor Who is welcoming everyone. And I think the people who are the most dismissive of hip-hop being used to promote Doctor Who need to step back. Oh, yeah, definitely. The other thing is this is incredibly smart from several different areas. First and foremost, which they borrowed from fan vids as a genre, like fan vids regularly take footage and put popular music up against them. And this is exactly what they did. Like they are fairly solidly in the fan vid culture right now, which is really what a teaser needs to be. This is maybe or maybe not something that they're going to actually put up on television. I think that where it's really meant to live, this is a you know, speaking from a professional perspective now, like this is really meant to live as a digital web video. This is meant to live on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram. This is meant to be a short thing that can pop up into your feed that you can watch casually. And this is meant to be something that they can play as a brief trailer on YouTube videos, on ads. So they did a brilliant job of that, of really grounding it in what the Doctor Who web culture is like right now. And also, frankly, everyone needs to get off their high horse about, you know, using popular music with Doctor Who. Like, sorry, this doesn't appeal specifically to you, but like, bye. (laughs) Well, speaking of web culture, in case you thought that this was good music, but there was better music out there, in case you wanted music by an artist of color, there have been remixes and rescored trailers all over the place for this one. Uh, including a couple of people that have been in conversation with you, Alyssa, about potential alterations to this thing. All I'm saying is that our lovely friend Joe on Twitter as uh, Joe B. Art, you can see where I have retweeted it on my Twitter account, took my recommendation to heart that this video be rescored with Ariana Grande's God is a Woman. And you know what? Bless her. Bless her for doing it. It sounds and looks so amazing. (laughs) Okay. There was truth in advertising here. We did make high-pitched noises about this trailer because it's really good and it implies so many wonderful things about this show that is coming back officially Sunday, October 7th. Let's check in with what's happening on the rest of the Incomparable Network, and then when we come back, we'll look at the rest of the news, including the aforementioned media rounds that Jody Whittaker has been making. This week on the Incomparable Network... Chip doesn't get to listen to it yet, but it's time for the third season recap of The Expanse on the incomparable episode 423, Weird Alien Jiminy Cricket. I have no idea what that means. 
Jason and Tim take on new shows with Buzz on Tim Goodman's TV talk machine, Kidding, Homecoming, and Jack Ryan. And Erica and Steven continue through the web of fear on Lazy Doctor Who. All this and more at theincomparable.com. So Jodie Whittaker has been making the media rounds, giving her interviews, and taking some frankly incredible photo shoots for both Marie Claire UK and The Times. Oh my God, these have been amazing. I've been drooling over the photos, bless my poor queer heart, but I suppose we should focus on the substance of the interviews. (laughs) (laughs) If you must, I mean... uh... (laughs) Listeners, uh, you can't see it on the Skype, but oh, she's put her head in her hands. It's she, she, she is captivated. The Sunday Times and Marie Claire both had some really good interviews with her. Times also talked to Chris Chibnall. There's some interesting stuff behind that uh, Times paywall. The Times interviewer, for one, noted that the doctor's always been, quote, emotionally inarticulate and asked how Jodie Whittaker was going to deal with that. And Jodie Whittaker had just gotten through saying that she, Jodie, not the 13th doctor, is very emotional and cries with joy, cries with sadness at the drop of the hat. The interviewer was like, is the doctor going to be emotionally inarticulate or different in Jody responds that, unlike her in real life, quote, there are no tears from my doctor. No, that would be a huge statement, close quote. I mean, it really would be as emotional as the doctor gets sometimes. By and large, the interviewer is pretty right that the doctor is kind of emotionally inarticulate, especially with the last doctor. Peter Capaldi had a, you know, pretty even keel during most of his tenure as the doctor. Um, And frankly, that type of really open emotion from a woman playing the role would be just scrutinized all to heck. Yeah. Um, Everyone should be open with their emotions. The doctor has not typically been such, and a woman doctor is really not to the point in which you want to change that, because it would be really, really... awful for Jody to deal with that press tour afterwards. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think... Of course you're crying. You're a woman doctor now. Yeah, let's not deal with several months of that, or I may just gouge my eyes out. Yeah, please don't. Along the same lines, uh, in the Times interview, Chris Chibnall describes the doctor's inner life. He says, each doctor needs to have their own journey. I think Peter's doctor came into the world asking, am I a good man? And questioning his self-identity... Jody's doctor is definitely more outward looking, and I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I was a sucker for emo, 10th doctor, attachment issues, 10th doctor, and all this other stuff. This would be the wrong place for that. I think it's also the wrong moment for a doctor who's inward looking, um, because it's definitely good to have that in the character, and it's good to explore that. But I think we're in a moment right now where we need somebody who is going to be outward looking, focused on the problem, focused on justice and righteousness in the universe and going around saving people, helping out and doing that really kind of important work. You know, we need a doctor that's going to look down at a situation and go, there are some evil things in the universe that just must be fought. In that same interview, Jody also said that her doctor is going to be a bit more 
outward looking because they're going to have the perspective of somebody who all of a sudden sees the world lit up and sees all those colors and sees all those amazing things happening and has that sort of childish glee and curiosity of wanting to be out there all the time, see it, be involved with everything. And I think it's going to be really wonderful and incredible to have that sort of joy and curiosity from that doctor again, to be able to see them going out into the world and wanting to be out and involved in everything, to be a part of everything, to be touching everything. That I think is something that we need right now. You know, Capaldi did an amazing job with the inward looking doctor and questioning the doctor's own morals and place in the universe. We now need a doctor to be out there and doing things. You know, it's time for that switch. Absolutely. Uh, Another note from the interviews is that every detail in the 13th Doctor's costume has a history to be revealed. There's something behind everything there, and I'm just gleeful about that. I'm fascinated by what that's going to be like. You know, I I really cannot wait for the scene in which the Doctor is going to put her outfit together. I had been working on a piece for the Sartorial Geek. That's going to be in issue three, which is coming out shortly. And I basically dug into the history behind the doctor's costume. And even from what I could figure out from a historical fashion perspective, there's so many interesting stories behind the articles of clothing that Jody has picked out from the kind of wonderful radical history of culottes to the type of colors and silhouettes that the doctor is going to be using. You know, Jody had a lot of ideas for this costume even before she met the costume designer. If she wanted something that was going to be a little bit androgynous, that it didn't come off immediately as being dressed in women's clothing or men's clothing, just clothing, just practical pieces and articles that she could use to do what the doctor does best and something that would be bright and lively. And we don't often get androgynous clothing that isn't just sort of drab men's clothing on women's bodies. Um, That's also something I'm going to dive into a little bit deeper in in my article. But bright, colorful clothing that borrows from both men and women's clothing and plays with a lot of silhouettes is very rare and wonderful. So I think she's put together something incredible. One last bit from the news, and I can't remember uh, the source, but it was a real honest-to-God news source, uh, Hmm. is that it does appear that the next series is not going to be hugely serial it's going to be more episodic there was talk i believe it was in the times interview that chibnall is not betraying any concerns about ratings but he is very much interested in this being a jumping on point and he expressed that he wants every episode this year to feel like a jumping on point so somebody who tunes in for episode four will not be lost. And I think that that's a very smart decision. 
So to lead us into Jodie Whittaker's next season, BBC America is going to be marathoning every modern series episode beginning on September 25th and ending with the series premiere simulcast. So if you've missed any of 9, 10, 11, or 12, now is your opportunity to get caught up on their stories. Yep, and somebody sitting in the easy chair with the clicker, old school style, and flashing past BBC America as they hit channel up, channel up, channel up, channel up, they have a very, very, very good chance of seeing a doctor and discovering Doctor Who. And I think that that is very good. Doctor Who is and continues to be BBC America's flagship show, as it should be. Mm -hmm. And then it's also been announced that there will be a theatrical screening with bonus material in Australia the day after the episode premieres in the UK. So at some point on October 8th, you're going to see Jodie Whittaker's first episode, The Woman Who Fell to Earth, in the theaters with bonus material. And I would hope, I would hope that we get a little bit of that action in the UK and the USA and Canada as well. You know, we have to feel bad for the Australians, though. A Sunday night screening time is even worse for them. No, October 8th, that's a, that's a Monday. Right. No, if it premieres on Sunday, they get it on Monday because their Sunday's already passed by the time the UK sees it. So they don't get it on Sunday. They always get it on Monday. You got to feel bad for them. I think my head just exploded. Ow. Sunday begins in Australia. By the time you get to the UK, most of Sunday has passed. So by the time it actually is simulcasting in the UK and the US, you're basically into Monday for Australia. So by the time Australia can watch anything that's premiered in the UK or the US, it premieres the day after. Time zones are a hell of a thing. I need the doctor. And finally, the Roger Hargreaves treatment on all of the previous doctors, the Mr. Men treatment with Dr. Twelfth and Dr. Tenth and all that other good stuff. Dr. Thirteenth is getting that treatment as well. Uh, there will be a Little Miss book, a la the Mr. Men book for the Thirteenth Doctor. And I just kind of actually shuddered a little bit as I said Little Miss here, but that's the established brand. I've already pushed people really far on their beloved childhood things. I will not push people any further. <laughs> okay, so remember, folks, cartoon males are adults and cartoon females are children now. Ugh. And as Alyssa sinks backward into her chair in despair, that brings us to the end of This Week in Time Travel for September the 11th. You can find more of our episodes at thisweekintimetravel.com. We're on social media at DRWho This Week and Facebook. I'm on Twitter at numeral 2 minute time lord and Alyssa blogs and tweets at Whovian Feminism. Thanks to Christopher Breen for our original theme music, to David J. Lore for our original podcast logo and avatar, and please review us on Apple Podcasts and consider becoming a member of the Incomparable Network, and maybe tell all your friends about us. Thanks a lot for listening. It feels really real. We're getting a real show in just a month, and we'll talk more about it next week on This Week in Time Travel. Bye-bye. Yes, it is coming back. We have a date. We do not have a time slot, but we know it is going to be consistently coming out on Sundays. 
Well, to be fair, the odds are really, really good just to... It never rings, except when I'm podcasting. (laughs) Stop it! I did stop.